my goodness. Does this mean that I've recorded two podcasts in a week? I think it does. I'm not exactly sure how long it'll be until I release this podcast, but I just want to tell you that this is two days in a row that I've recorded a podcast, and I feel pretty good about that. Sometimes the podcasts just kind of get kind of put on the back burner, and I don't really have a good reason for it. Other than the fact that I'm just lazy. I shouldn't say lazy. There's a lot of things that go on around here. And so uh, doing this thing, this Dirtbox Channel thing is really, really rewarding. But man, sometimes you're just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what is the right thing to do today. I talk about like trying to, hey, what's a revenue generating activity? We talk about this or some people talk about this. I've read about this in books like you need to be doing. Is this an RGA, like a revenue generating activity? And it's difficult to to figure out what is a revenue generating activity in this line of, you know, work that I've sort of created <laughs> because most of what I do, I give away information that that's 98, 99% of what it is, is giving people information for free. That is kind of what it's kind of worked out to be, which is kind of an interesting, you know, position to be in. I, and so then it's like, well, what do I do today? What, what do I do to make sure that I'm generating revenue? Uh, for in the future. So interesting. These are deep thoughts that I have with myself. I don't have sponsors for this podcast. It was one of the things that I thought I should probably do. I thought, hey, in order to make this thing and and make it so that it's viable and sustainable for my family, I've got to have different revenue streams. YouTube ad revenue is one stream. Uh, Dirtbike Channel Sweepstakes is another stream. Uh, Parts and Affiliates Links is another stream. Say Patreon is another stream. You know, PayPal donations, that's another stream. So there's all these different things. and, And I was like, man, I should start the podcast and then that can be a revenue stream. And maybe it will be eventually in the future. But as of right now, I haven't asked for investor. I mean, uh, <laughs> haven't asked for advertisers. And so I sponsor these podcasts, which has been nice too, because then I don't feel like I have the pressure to put one out. I just do one when I want to. If you do want to support though, one of the easiest ways for you to do, to do that is to use my links for Rocky Mountain ATV. That's one of the places that I shop almost all of my dirt bike uh, parts or tires or gear or whatever, I go to Rocky Mountain ATV. And if you do that, it would be really nice if you went to dirtbikechannel.com first and just clicked on any one of my links that takes you there. Um, if you email me, I'll give you a link as well. Um, and that's one of the best ways to support the podcast and the YouTube channel and all of this stuff that we have going on because you're going to spend that money anyway. So that's the place uh, that I'd like uh, for you to do that. Also, rate and review the podcast. So But let's jump into this thing. Today, I want to talk about my updated top 10 bikes of all time. So some of you might have seen this on the YouTube channel, but I know there's not a ton of overlap uh, between the YouTube channel and and the podcast. And the podcast is a way for me to, you know, way for us to change the format and change how long we're talking about things and change the types of things that we talk about because you've got just more time in a podcast. It's just more you know, uh, more attuned to being able to long format. A lot of the podcasts that I listen to are several hours long and I don't listen to them straight through. I listen to them, you know, for an hour on a drive somewhere or a half hour or 15 minutes at a time and, and you break them up. And so that's kind of how I envision a lot of you are consuming these podcasts. Although this podcast won't be several hours long, it'll be 
I'm not sure how long, but it, it'll be longer than the YouTube video because I've already rambled now for about four minutes and we haven't even started. The YouTube video on this, I think, was about 15 minutes long because you have to be hard hitting and just go on that thing. Um, so the top 10 dirt bikes of all time. The, the first time I did this was in 2018. And so in 2018, I did a video where I ranked my top 10 favorite bikes of all time up to that point. And around that time, I'd had just call it somewhere around 20 different dirt bikes. It was a little more than 20, but that's about what it was. And so here was my list starting from number 10 and going down to number one. It was the 2017 KTM 150 XEW. Then number nine was the 2017 Beta 300RR. Eight was the Yamaha 2015 Yamaha YZ250FX. Uh, and then we had the 2016 KTM 250 XCF, the 2017 Sherco 300 SEFR. It was the four stroke. Uh, then we came to the 2012 KTM 300 XCW. We went to the 2015 KTM 300 XC. Top three bikes was the 2017 Yamaha YZ250X. And then my second favorite bike was the 2018 Husky TE 250i. It was my second. It was the first a TPI bike I'd ever had. And I thought it was the second best bike I'd ever ridden. I mean, that was awesome. And then uh, my top bike was the 2017 or 2018 because they didn't really change them. Uh, KTM 250 or 300 XC. I kind of cheated there and I gave two bikes at the top. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it was the 2017 KTM 250 XC. Favorite bike uh, uh, for all time. And if you look at that list, the interesting thing about that list to me is this was a list from 2018 and it was hammered with 2017 and 2018 bikes. Um, those are the bikes that I had the most fun on and that's what I felt at the time. Interesting thing, now you come back, you come essentially about three years into the future and now the list is slammed with 2019 and 2020 bikes. And I mentioned this on the only, and only three of the original 10 uh, bikes still remained on my list. I thought that was so interesting to me. Seven of the original 10 were gone. And I had to ask myself, and I'm looking at the list, and I spent a long time looking at the list of all the bikes I'd had, because now in 2021, I've had over 40 dirt bikes, maybe 42 dirt bikes that I've been, that I've owned or tested. I, I counted a couple in there that I didn't own, like the the Husky uh, TE250i, I didn't own that, but I had it for three months. Husky loaned that bike to me. Same thing with like the Beta 200RR. I didn't own it, but they let me have it for three months. Um, and, and there's been about 40 of them. So I double, So in three years, I doubled the number of dirt bikes that I'd had, and seven of the original 10 from my 2018 list are gone. I mean, just stop and think about that. And then I also think, well, in 2018, it was slammed with 2017 and 2018 bikes, so new bikes. And then in 2021, it slammed with 2020, you know, mostly 2020 and, you know, the, the oldest bike on, I mean, most of these bikes are 20s and 19s and maybe even a couple 2021s because they didn't really change them. So you could kind of swap those in there. But interesting. Is that because dirt bikes have just, they continually improve? And I think they do. And I think that as they improve, I have more fun on the bikes. 
And it also could be some recency bias a little bit because I was having a lot of fun back in 2015 on my 2015 KTM 300 XC. It's why the bike made the list originally. But then when I look back on these, on these motorcycles and think, well, which one did I have the most fun on and which one would I want now? which is my top 10, the older bikes just kind of fall off unless they did something for me really, really, really transformative, which some of them did, then I, I have to take them off my list. You know, I don't, I don't, li I mean, I do list my 2017 KTM 300 or 250 XC in my top 10 again. And I list my YZ250X again. And I list my 2012 300 XCW again because, because those were the bikes that kind of really transformed things for me in, in some way. If, if it wasn't transformative, it, it ended up dropping off the list for me. And, I, and it pains me to say that. I should also mention that five manufacturers make up this top 10. So I have four different KTMs. I have two Yamahas, two Betas, a Shirko, and a Kawasaki. So I'm no respecter of, you know, the, the manufacturers. And then additionally, I have six two strokes and four, four strokes. So 40% of my top 10 are four strokes. And that might come as kind of a surprise to you because a lot of people just think me as, you know, a two stroke lover and I am a two stroke lover, but I'm also objective in my assessments with these bikes. And when I'm looking at a list of the 40 different bikes that I've had and just say, I'm just going to, you know, spoiler, I look at the Yamaha, the 2020 Yamaha YZ250FX. Now, is this a bike that I want to ride all year long and do all of my riding on? No, it isn't. But I could say the same thing about so many of these other bikes. I don't want to have that bike for all year long. I mean, I could. I could live with any of these bikes if I had to all year long. I might have to adjust some of the riding places, you know, the locations that I go. Maybe I just don't go to certain locations if I've got a certain bike. But back to the Yamaha YZ250FX, that bike was so bloody fun. And I'll get to it. There's no way I could objectively leave that four-stroke off my top 10 list. You know, and so I have 40% four strokes on my top 10 list because I'm being intellectually and objectionally honest with myself and all of you. So anyway, just those are kind of the ground rules. I, these, these bikes are the ones that I had the most fun on. These bikes are the ones that made me feel the best when I was riding them. These are the bikes that made me want to ride dirt bikes more. And I got off the bike feeling so great about it most of the time. And, it, and these bikes made me want to get out and ride them again and again and again. These are not like perfect bikes. But every one of these bikes, there are things that I think the manufacturers did dumb things on them, which we can get into. Um, so none of them is perfect. Every one of them has at least one major deficiency. Some of them have more than one deficiency, but that's okay. These are my favorite bikes. So in order of how we're going, we'll, we'll start with number 10. And number 10 favorite bike of all time as of 2021, you know, as of March, when I'm doing this, March of 2021, it's the 2012 KTM 300 XCW. And this one made the list um, mostly because it is the reason that we're having this conversation. I've said it multiple times. I've said it in other podcasts. I've done an entire podcast on this bike 
um, and YouTube videos on this bike where this bike transformed my perception of dirt bikes. It transformed my understanding. It reformed my understanding of what dirt bikes could be and what dirt bikes could do for me and how I could feel on a bike if I wasn't fighting against the dang thing. It was the bike where my eyes were open because finally I'm using a tool that is designed for the job that I'm trying to do. You know, instead of, I've, I've used this analogy in the past, but instead of, you know, trying to build a house with a, or frame a home with a sledgehammer, I'm now framing a home with a framing hammer and it makes a big difference. And yes, you could build a home with a sledgehammer only. Technically you can, you could, but it's way better if you have a framing hammer for the framing parts of the home. And that's what all of a sudden I was exposed to now with this 2012 KTM 300 XCW was coming off of a 450 motocross bike, almost, you know, killed my desire, almost snuffed it out in the KTM 300 XCW in 2012. Uh, yeah, it's still a lot of bike for a new rider. Um, but it was so much better and it was so much better and it just transformed me and it made me want to ride dirt bikes more. And, and that is the reason why we're here. And so it's my top 10 favorite bike of all time. Number nine, coming in at number nine, it's the 2017 Yamaha YZ 250 X. Now this bike took a big drop because in the original list, it was, um, and I should also mention that the 2012 300 XCW took it took five spaces. It dropped five spaces, but this one also dropped like seven spaces, um, six or seven spaces. Because now the Yamaha YZ250X is number nine, and I have been more critical. I haven't done. I mean, I guess I did one video on YouTube on this where I'm like, hey, look, if you made me choose between this Yamaha YZ250X or a KTM 250XC, I take the 250XC every day of the week and I explained why. If I were to do the review on the YZ250X today, it would be, I would be much, much more critical of the bike because they haven't done anything to improve it since really 2006. It's just, a, it's just got slight the X model has slight variations of the motocross bike and they never have, they haven't done anything with the motocross bike, like anything since 2006. So it's a super old design. Um, but yes, it was good at the time. It was very good at the time and it's still good today. It's just, it doesn't have a, it doesn't have electric start. It doesn't have an updated frame. It doesn't have a hydraulic clutch. It does. It, it, it's, it's, it's as heavy in its current, in its form as some of these electric start bikes are, you know, 15 years later. So it has some deficiencies, but it also has some things that it's just bang good on. And I couldn't leave it off the list in my top 10. It's still in my top 10, even though I wouldn't buy one today. I don't want to buy one today. I, there was just, man, I had so much fun on it. Like I, I had to go back and look and even review, watch the review video that I did on the bike and how much praise I heaped on the thing it didn't feel right to take it off the list because I'm going back and I'm saying, well, did I like this bike more than it? No. Did I like that bike more than it? No. You know, and so it fell to number nine, but it didn't fall off the list. And that just is a testament to how good, how good it was at the time and still is at the time uh, uh, now, you know, 
And so much of my riding has gotten slower and more technical. And that's where that bike doesn't shine as well because it's got kind of weird, funky gearing. First gear is a little bit high. Yeah, you could put different sprockets on it to gear that down, but then you're bunching the gear. I just, then you, you know, gear ratios are getting close together. Second gear, third gear, fourth gear. And it's got this weird gap in between gears. So they did some weird stuff with it. And Yamaha has ways that they could totally improve that bike. They could put the WR transmission in the bike, six speed. They could uh, use their, YZ250 FX frame. Oh, wow. Amazing bike. Amazing frame. You know, so they have some things. They could put electric start on the thing. They could even make a 300. They make, if they make an electric start 300, uh, two stroke on that thing, Yamaha would just sell them like wildfire, but they don't. And so whatever, but it was still, you know, still It's still one of my top 10 favorite bikes ever that Yamaha YZ250 FX, because it just was so amazing. It felt so good. The forks felt so good. Once I softened them up, and if you're just going to get out there and rip through the desert, I mean, it just handles and tracks straight. It's amazing. Really, really fun bike. You know, there's a lot of things you can do to those motors. There's many, many aftermarket things that guys can do, and they love that. So still in the top 10. Coming in at number eight is my, you know, brand new bike here that, I, that I've got. It's the, in fact, I listed it. I think I listed it on YouTube. I'm going to have to go check the description because I have listed 2020 Kawasaki KX250X. It's the 2021. In fact, while we're talking here, I'm just going to go look at my YouTube. <laughs> oh, did I list? Did I have that listed wrong in the description? Because it's the 2021 KX250X. I'm going to see here. Yeah, I'm going to update this. What a moron. See, even in my even in my YouTube description, I had it listed as the 2020 Kawasaki KX250X. It's the 2021 because it's a brand new bike for 2021. So let's talk about it. Cool thing here is, look, I, I don't care what color they are. Again, we've gone through three, three different things, and I've got a KTM, a Yamaha, and a Kawasaki. And guess what? We're going to go up. Number seven is going to be a Beta. Number six is going to be a Sherco. So in my top five, we go with five different manufacturers because that's how I roll with this. I don't care what color it is. I don't care who makes it. I'm just talking about how much fun I have on it. So the Kawasaki KX250X, yes, there will be a full review on this bike. Uh, yes, it'll be one of the sweepstakes bikes that I give away or, you know, here uh, in the first part of this year. Um, but the Kawasaki KX250X, hey, sucker's dang good. Like these, these 250 motocross bikes, um, if you're just going to get out and blast in the desert and you're not going to do like a bunch of technical stuff, man, all they really need to do to those bikes is, um, you know, soften up the forks, maybe soften up the shock a little bit. And suddenly I it, like, it fits me really, really well. I think they are doing some amazing things with these 250 motocross bikes. And it shows because that, because the Yamaha, which I'll get to later, similar deal, the Yamaha 250 FX, and then this Kawasaki KX250X. I mean, they're just freaking good, freaking good. Like it's very, it feels very light. It feels very agile. No, it's not as light as a 125 two stroke, but that's okay. It's got this completely balanced feel to it. They did a 250 on the 250X, the Kawasaki 250X, KX250X. They've got the KYB fork on the front. I've had it on many, many different bikes. They did a pretty decent valving on that thing. It's going to be a little stiff for some riders that are going to do, you know, slower, more technical stuff. But if you're doing faster, more flowing stuff, I mean, the fork is pretty freaking good. And the bike tracks straight and it feels good. The motor is super snappy. They have different modules that you can put in the bike. I have, I like the hotter module 
and there's some argument on which model is which because Kawasaki's the way they said it about their the way they kind of marketed the modules in 2014 for that bike back in 2014 I don't really agree with how that sounds because it feels like to me I won't get into that I need to do some more testing on that before I talk too much about it but and I've talked to some other people but anyway you can put different modules on the bike for different you know ignition modules or whatever it's a really fun bike to ride super fun i hate the way the air filter is there's a couple things about the bike i'm like come on dudes let's fix this like we know how to fix some of these things but if you're just talking about when you're on the bike and ripping it dang that thing is good and and it's i've had this thought so many times and i need to go ride the 450 version of this back to back with it but man when i'm on the 250 i'm like geez why would I need more power than this? Why would I need the 450 version of this? I've been riding with guys that are so much better than me, and it doesn't matter if they're on a, you know, they can be on a TTR 230 and they they can beat the crap out of me if they're better than me. And I'm like, why do I need more power than this KX250X? I don't think I do. It's a freaking awesome bike. Super fun to ride. Coming in at number eight of my all time. And I don't even have that many hours on it. You know, so pretty crazy. Pretty cool. Coming in at number seven. We're down to number seven. It's the 2020 Beta 200RR. So this is a two-stroke. Again, this is my fourth bike on the list, and it's the fourth manufacturer, Beta 200RR. So why did I include the 200 two-stroke here? Because I'm not, I don't, I don't usually have as much fun on the, the small bore two-strokes. I know this because I have a KTM 125 XC right now, and while it's a really cool bike and it feels super light and super agile, and I can't wait for my sons to be big enough to ride a bike like that, this 200RR is just a, it's a different deal. It's a different feeling. It has this more low end, and I wish more people made this 200 two-stroke. I wish KTM still made their 200 XEW because this beta 200 RR is pretty dang special. It, like I said in the YouTube video of this, it does things that I don't believe any other bike can do. It does some things better than any bike. Namely, it can satisfy a brand new rider straight up and it can, in the same package, that same bike can satisfy an expert rider. I know of guys that are experts that are riding this thing and loving it as their primary bike. You can't really say that of other bikes that are acceptable starter bikes. It just doesn't really, there isn't, there isn't really another bike that does that. And so it feels really light. It's electric start. It isn't the lightest bike ever, but it feels really light because of that, the way that that motor is, and it just feels snappy, and it has more bottom end than some of these you know, other smaller bore two-strokes, but it doesn't feel quite as heavy as, say, like a KTM 300. I mean, I, I, was, I rode this, this thing back-to-back -back a few times with the KTM 300 XC, and the Beta 200 RR felt quite a bit lighter, you know, felt more agile, felt light, felt snappy, felt awesome, and so... I, I think about so many times when I was riding the thing, when we were kind of, you know, working our way through some technical rocky sections and things, and it was great. We had this thing at down five, uh, down at five miles of hell in Utah. It was great. We had it up in the Alpine single track in the mountains. It was great up there. 
And it's a little bit lower seat height being the beta. They just have a little lower seat height. So it's great for a little bit shorter rider and all of those things together. I'm like, this is one of the most interesting packages of dirt bikes that I've ever seen. It's, it's kind of an anomaly and it comes in at my number seven favorite bike of all time. Coming in at number six, it was the 2020 Sherco 300 SEF. So the thing about the Sherco that made it so good and made it kind of make this list is the fact that it just is one of these four-stroke mountain single-track bikes that you can just kind of get into and dig. It was, the motor maybe wasn't the snappiest motor that I've ever been on, but it is a bike that just made you go forward and made you continue to go forward at a fast pace. It was never going to blow me away. The, the 2020 Sherco 300 SEF was never going to just like blow me away and make me just launch through things. But it had this quality about the bike that would just stay. And, and the four strokes do this. They just kind of stay planted and stay stable and stay in one direction. And then the way that they have the motor on the Sherco 300 four stroke it just sort of has this gentleness to it where it has a little bit more low end. It doesn't stall quite as easily and just kind of tractors through things. It's really, really amazing. And I wish that more manufacturers would make a 300 four stroke because it's just that good. So, so flipping good. And then on the front fork, they went with the Kayaba triple S fork. They valved it pretty decently. Again, it's a little stiff for the super more hard enduro stuff, but if the speeds are a little bit faster, second gear, third gear, the fork is very good. I softened the fork up all the way as far as on the compression, and then I had a ton of fun on the thing. It's one of the heavier bikes that I've had recently as far as on the scale, but it doesn't feel heavy when you're riding it, and it can just get out there and rip and shred. And riding with my sons in the mountains, you know, the, I loved these four strokes. I loved this Sherco 300. It just felt really, really good for mountain single track. Very light, very agile. And I, I had a ton of fun on the bike. And so it, you know, couldn't keep it off my list. It comes in at number six on my all-time favorite bike list. Coming in at number five is the 2019 Beta 390RR Race Edition. This bike was, at the time, it was my favorite four stroke ever. And, and it's splitting hairs with the one that I'm listing just in front of it. And I'll explain why I have one bike just barely, barely in front of it. But I will say also in the beta's favor, if you made me pick one four stroke for all year round, I take the beta, the beta 390. And it's, it surprised me so much because I wasn't, you know, the, the standard, thing is Kyle you're not going to like this bike because a it's a four stroke and b it's a big bore four stroke it's you know I don't love usually the bikes that is they're the the ones that are over 250 four strokes at least for the type of riding that I'm doing currently but this beta 390rr really just made me rethink that because it wasn't like a motor that is just stalls really easily it was like this gentle giant thing and it wasn't it never felt like you were going to win a drag race or anything but the way it delivered power was so just friendly. And it doesn't matter if the mo if, if the bike feels good, if it feels good and the power comes on 
you know, in a, a linear fashion and you can move fast. Like on any of these bikes, you can get out and move. And the 390 could get out and move, but it also didn't just kind of like eat you up and wear you out when you were going in the slower, a little bit more technical stuff. And so like if I was going to ride one bike all year long and it had to be a four stroke, I think it would take the beta 390 RR. And in 2019, the race edition forks were probably at that time. And maybe even now it'd be interesting to go ride one back to back, but it was, they were probably the best forks I'd ever ridden out of the box. They were Saks forks, Saks 48 millimeter closed cartridge forks. You know, I said in the YouTube version of this, I don't care what it says on the side of these forks. I don't care if it says KYB, Saks, WP, Showa. I don't really care. I just want to see how the forks react on the trails where I'm riding. Can they absorb the rocks? Can they absorb the bumps? Can they absorb the drops? Is it harsh? Does it deflect? And this fork didn't do any of those bad things. It would just did all the good things. And I loved it. So much confidence in that front fork. And then in 2020, won't go there, but they the race edition valving was horrible. That's another video or another another podcast altogether. I've done a podcast on that when I talked about the 2020 beta 300RR race edition. But not talking about that bike now. We're talking about number five favorite bike of all time, 2019 beta 390RR race edition. Awesome, awesome bike. Absolutely loved it. Coming in at number four is my 2020 Yamaha YZ250FX. So you ask, well, why did the Yamaha just kind of edge out the the 2019 beta 390RR when you said that you'd ride, you'd want to ride the beta all year long, the beta 390 all year long. So, so then how can you say that you like the Yamaha better? Well, here's why I can do it. The reason why I put it just a hair's width in front of the beta is because when I'm riding one of these 2020 YZ250 FXs, I'm having so much fun and I'm just giggling basically nonstop. And it's giving me more confidence in corners than any other bike ever. I mean, just stop and think about that. The 2020 YZ, Yamaha YZ250FX corners better, I can say it straight up, than the bikes that are ahead of it on the list. It just does. It gives me more confidence coming into corners, in the middle of corners, coming out of corners. It gives me more confidence to go off of a big drop. It gives me more confidence to go off of a big, a big jump. I just know what it's going to do. It doesn't do anything weird. It doesn't kick. It doesn't just give me confidence. That's what it does. And then with the Power Tuner app that they have, you can customize so many different things just right there on the app on your phone, customizing the way the power comes on. You can try different maps, and that's pretty cool. There were a lot of different maps you can try, and they drastically affected the bike. And I didn't love a lot of the softer maps that people had developed, but the couple different hot maps or three or four or five, three or four different hot maps that I tried, it was pretty cool. And I know that's something, it's something that I wish more manufacturers would do. I wish KTM would do this with their four strokes and the two strokes. Give us a flip an app that, you know, we can do with our phone and tune with our phones. Kawasaki, do that. In order to do it with the Kawasaki, you know, to really customize it, you got to buy their super expensive, you know, power tuner tool or whatever they call it. I can't remember what they call it, but it's six or $700. With the Yamaha, it's, uh, you know, your, your, the bike has a Wi-Fi connection and you connect your phone to it. You download the app and you can change different things with it. It's just awesome. 
And so that bike was just, I, I edged it right ahead, just barely ahead of the 2019 Beta 390RR race edition because of the way it made me feel. Yes, it's true that if I had to ride one four-stroke all year long, I'd probably take the Beta 390, but I don't have to ride it all year long. And this is my list. And I'm saying that the 2020 Yamaha YZ250 FX is my number four favorite bike of all time. I'm, li- I'm putting it just ahead of the Beta because when you are riding the Yamaha and when the conditions suit the Yamaha, holy crap. That's all I have to say. Holy crap. <laughs> okay. Moving on. So number three of my favorite bike of all favorite bikes of all time is the 2017 KTM 250 XC. So 2017 was like a really huge, super huge year for the KTM two strokes. I'll bring you, I'll remind you what was happening in 2017. They counterbalanced the motors and made them completely smooth. They changed the position of the starter motor, which was a much better design. So it didn't, you you know, you didn't get, you couldn't get like so much dirt and crap and build up inside the starter motor. It's in the right place. It wasn't going to get smashed when you tip the bike over. They also uh, changed the frame, totally updated frame, more in line with their motocross bikes, what they had been doing the year before. Um, They gave you the air fork on the front, which made the bike feel light and agile. Obviously, some people are not into the air fork, but I do like the adjustability of it. And so there were a lot of things happening with that bike. But the reason why I list it, I just say it was the 250XC. The 300XC was also amazing that year in 2017. But I'm going to talk about, I, I, just, I just dropped the, the 300XC off because the 250XC just, I found out that it spoke to my soul better. What we did, what I decided to do that year was I had a 300XC. And then I'm like, hey, what if I bought a 250XC? And compared the two to see which one I like better. And over time, after a year, I could definitively say I liked the 250XC better for most of my riding. Because the 250 version can do the nasty and technical stuff. It's not quite as adept at the nasty and technical stuff as the 300. But I think it's more fun and more playful when you're in second gear, third gear, fourth gear. You know, so the only time... The only time that I thought that I think that the 300 has an advantage over the 250 is when I'm in first gear. The rest of the time, second gear, third gear, fourth gear, I'd rather be on a 250. And so I list the 2017 KTM 250XC as my third favorite bike of all time. It opened my mind up to this other concept that like 250s are amazing and I'm probably more of a 250 rider. There's so much flipping power there. The power just comes on a little bit, just, you know, maybe, I don't know, 700, 1,000 RPMs higher is kind of where the meat of the power is on a 250, but they just rev a little bit freer. They rev a little bit faster. They feel a little bit more playful, and I love it. I love the way they feel, and so the bike had all these changes to it, these awesome motor changes, suspension, frame changes, and everything, and then I kind of opened my eyes to the 250 side of things, and Dang, it's number three all time. Okay, coming in at number two all time is the 2020 or 2021 because they didn't change it, but I'm just going to call it the 2020 KTM two or KTM 300 XCW. So in 2020, KTM quietly made several changes to the XCW line that were subtle changes that made a big deal. Number one, they changed the frame geometry. It just, I don't even know what they did, but I could tell you I rode the 2019 bike and I rode the 2020 bike 
And once I did that, and we were talking about the XCWs, I had the 2019 300 XCW, I put 125 hours on that bike. Um, I, so I knew it very well. And then I rode a buddy's 2020 bike and I'm like, I've got to have one of these. I was no longer, it was one of the, it was one of the only times that I was no longer satisfied with the older model once I had ridden the new model. Now this happened in 2017 with the 2017 lineup of KTM, their 2016 line. And there was a huge jump to the 2017 line and it, and the 2017s made the 2019s feel obsolete or yeah, the 2017s made the 2016s, excuse me, feel obsolete. And a very similar thing happened to me now after riding a 2020 XCW, it made the 2019s feel kind of obsolete. They changed the fuel mapping. The 2020s started so much better. They changed the geometry of the front end. So now the bike didn't have like a stink bug or high rear end feeling. It, the, the bike didn't feel like it wanted to knife. Like the front corner didn't really want to feel like it was going to knife under you when you were doing corners and turns. Um, updated the valving in the front fork and it just started to like soak everything up even better. If you're going to do hard-ish, hard enduro type stuff and it's going to be slower, nasty, first gear, second gear type stuff, there is no better bike than the 300 XCW. And like the KTM TE uh, 300i is also extremely good. The Gas Gas in 2021 is extremely good. I haven't ridden one yet, but I've been hearing really good things about that. The nice thing about the XCW, this is where it's got the it's got the um, the PDS suspension, and where you don't have a linkage down there to hang up on things. And if you're going to be slamming and splattering into rocks and splattering into logs and stuff, there's nothing there to get hung up. And I'm just going to say it, dudes. When I've got both of these bikes set up properly for my weight with the right amount of sag, and I, even if I'm out in the desert going through whoops. I, I've, so I've got a KTM 300 XCW and I've got a KTM 250 XE. The 250 XE has the linkage. I can't tell the difference in the way that those whoops feel from one bike to the other on the rear end. I can feel the differences in the front end, but I can't tell the difference between you know the PDS and the linkage out doing the type of riding that I'm doing. Maybe if you were riding motocross all the time, maybe you'd be able to feel that. Maybe it would be way better. But if you're just going to be riding trails and off-road like I'm doing, I am no longer willing to sit here and say that the PDS is inferior. I don't think it's inferior. It has some certain advantages. And I list the 2020 KTM 300 XCW as my second favorite bike of all time because I just can't find many deficiencies on it. Yes, I don't like how it's easy to puncture the radiator hoses uh, when tipping the bike over in just a certain you know special way. We've covered that before. I don't like how it doesn't have a, you know, a capacitor in the bike stock where it won't start on a dead battery, won't bump start on a dead battery. I don't like that. I don't like the way the rear fender setup works. You know, there's several things that I can nitpick, which I have on the full reviews and things. But I mean, if I'm just saying what's my, you know, favorite bikes of all time now, that number two is the 2020 KTM 300 XCW and the 2021 didn't change anything other than some of the aesthetics on the colors on the plastic. They're the same bike now in 2021. Maybe fuel mapping slightly changed because my 2021 did run. It does seem to run a little bit richer on the idle circuit, which I don't think anyone's going to complain about. So number two, favorite bike of all time, which then leads me 
to my number one favorite bike of all time. And it's the 2020 or 2021 KTM 250 XC. So last year I put about 60 hours on the 2020 250 XC and gave it away. I had that bike for a long time. I actually picked it up in July of 2019. That's when I got the bike. And then I gave it away in December. I mean, it didn't actually leave my house until February, but <laughs> or end of January. But I had that bike for a long time. So I had it for a year and a half. And I, I didn't get that many hours on it. 60 hours in a year and a half is not a lot, but I cycled through many, many, many other bikes during that time. And I can't tell you how many times I went out for a ride and I wanted to take the 250XC, but didn't feel like I could because I had to ride, say, my YZ250FX or the Beta 390RR Race Edition or the Sherco 300SEF or the Beta 200RR or the Kawasaki 250X. I mean, you just think about it. Like There were so many bikes that I reviewed in that year and a half and the whole time, what was the bike that I wanted to run? On my birthday in 2020, I decided I'm going to go out and I'm going to go for a ride for my birthday. And I had all these different bikes to choose from. And I had other bikes that would make more sense than I'm like, I should ride this other bike because I need to get some content on this bike or whatever for a certain reason. But I didn't. I, on my birthday, I was like, to heck with all this other stuff. It's my birthday. I'm going to ride the bike I want to ride. And it was the 2020 KTM 250 XE. That bike just does something for me. And the 2021 that I have, it does it for me as well. I just rode it the other day with my boys out in the desert. I should have ridden the Kawasaki 250 KX250X. I even told the boys that. I'm like, this is probably a mistake, guys. I should have brought the Kawasaki out here. Because the Kawasaki would be dynamite out here. This is what it's made for. But I hadn't ridden in a long time. And I just wanted, I was just want, I just wanted to be selfish and ride the bike I wanted to ride. And it ended up being the 250XC. And I I ask you, I ask you, like, why why is that? What is it about that bike that is just so good to me? And it's so many things. It's that it can go fast. It can go slow. It has plenty of power. I sit there and I laugh sometimes when I'm on that bike. Like when you're on a bike like that and you're going up a hill and you're in second gear and you shift into third gear and get on it and the front wheel starts to just float up on you. And it comes up into the high RPMs and, and then the wheel start and then the wheel sits down and then you grab one more gear, you hit fourth and you dump that clutch and roll the throttle and it lifts the wheel again while you're going up a hill and now you're in fourth gear, you're doing like 50 up this trail and the wheel is floating up off the ground in fourth gear. Like you can't, you can't buy that. Like that, that's something that just, it's so incredible. And then you're on a bike also that, okay, we just blitz, you know, up a hill, fourth gear, loft on the wheel. And then you're also on a bike that can do the nasty technical stuff. And if you get into a rock garden or whatever, first gear, 
you don't have to worry because you're on a bike that has enough low end grunt that it can it can just it can just tractor through it. It can do it. And so for me, I, like if I'm gonna pick the perfect the perfect ride, it's gonna have a little bit of everything. It's gonna have a little bit of nasty stuff. It's gonna have an obstacle here or there that is gonna give people pause. And it's also gonna have some sections where you just get you just click up into the gears and you're moving. You're you're cruising. Now I'm dis I'm I'm describing my perfect trail ride. And the on that perfect trail ride, the perfect bike to have, in my opinion, is a KTM 250XC. It can do the fast stuff, it can do the slow stuff, it can do the nasty stuff, and it can get out there and boogie. It can do all of those things. It's the master. It's it's a jack of all trades. Maybe it's a master of none, but it's my favorite bike. And that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. So 2020 KTM 250XC, favorite bike of all time. That's what I think, you know? Love that bike. Love, love, love it. And I want to have one in my shop so that I can so that I can do those rides where I'm just like, hey, this this one's for me. This one isn't for dirt bike channel. This one isn't for you know, testing, obviously, you know, I'll do videos on it and I'll do reviews on it, but that's my happy place. If I'm, when I'm on that bike, that's when I have my happy place. Love it. Love it. Love it. So there's my top 10. Again, number 10 is the 2012 KTM 300 XCW. Number nine is the 2017 YZ250, Yamaha YZ250X. Number eight is the 2021 Kawasaki KX250X. Number seven is the Beta 200RR. Number six is the Sherco 2020 Sherco 300 SEF. Number five is the 2019 Beta 390RR. Number four is the 2020 Yamaha YZ250FX. Number three, 2017 KTM 250XC. Number two, 2020 KTM 300 XCW. And number one favorite bike of all time is the 2020 KTM 250XC. So that is the podcast for today. Um, again, hey, you want to support Dirt Bike Channel? One of the easiest and best ways you can do it is by using my links for companies like Rocky Mountain ATV, Amazon, and Motorsport. You can find them over on my website, dirtbikechannel.com. Um, yeah, I've also got some shirts, t-shirts, and tie-downs, and uh, hats, and hoodies, and Fender straps and things over on my website, dirtbikechannel.com. You can go over there and check out some of the things we've got. That's a pretty cool way to support us. Keep in mind that uh, every couple times a year, we do a Dirt Bike Channel sweepstakes where I give bikes away to people. Stay tuned for that stuff. Visit the website, dirtbikechannel.com during those times. The next one that we'll be doing should start on April 30th of this year, 2021. It'll go for about 60 days until June 30th. That's the plan. So, Okay. That's what I've got for you guys. Hopefully everyone has a wonderful, wonderful day and uh, want you guys to leave a single track. Thank you.